Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Outcast Catholic, and I'm Father Travis Crotty. And I'm Father Shane Demon. And it's good to be with you, as always, listeners and Father Shane. It's been a little while. We kind of pre recorded some. Haven't seen you for a couple weeks. It has been a while. I know we were kind of on the road a lot. Yeah. Um, that's all right. It's good to be back in the saddle. You had a couple of fun things in a row. You had a retreat followed by a little vacation time, right? A little vacay. A little yeah. vacay. Hey. The re- <laughs> Everybody in the parish is just so funny. You, you say, you just, you're like, yeah, go on a little vacation. And you, you deserve that. <laughs> you need that. So. Yeah. Well, pe- people are very concerned about priestly health. That's right. Um, but I don't know that we're entitled to, you know. Right. I, maybe people say that because they feel that they deserve a vacation. Too. Could be trying to justify their yeah, own yeah, need. Yeah. Like, I dream of Hawaii all day long. Right. <laughs> oh, can I please? Can I please go on a vacation? Wow, those are pretty good use of the magical harp there. <laughs> so where'd you go? You had retreat. So I was on retreat, and I wanted to go somewhere different. You know, um, I, I just find it really easy just to kind of you know clear the mind and uh, maybe consider new aspects of prayer. You know, let the let the Holy Spirit speak in new ways in a new environment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can go and retreat in your own bedroom. You know, mm-hmm. you can you can just you know rest with Jesus anywhere. But I was kind of just drawn to go somewhere else. And there's a lot of retreat houses that really haven't opened up yet from the pandemic right. to welcome guests, especially monasteries wanting to protect uh, their own community. You know. So I, I did some research online, and I went over to the uh, Redemptorist Fathers Retreat Center over in uh, Milwaukee. Hmm. If any, we have any listeners from Wisconsin, thanks for Quickstar. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. But you know, this is on the east or the western edge of the Archdiocese of Milwaukee. It's about halfway in between Madison and Milwaukee. Well, it's not in Milwaukee. Well, it's in the Archdiocese of I Milwaukee. Guess. It's outside of the city, but. Um, for any of our listeners from Wisconsin, I, I might butcher the pronunciation. I never quite <laughs> figured out if it was Oconomowoc or Okanamawak. Oh, please, please email us with yes. the proper phonetic pronunciation or a little voice memo would be helpful. Yes. <laughs> please email us with, with that if you're from, if you're a Scani. Right. Help us know. Uh, I'm not quite sure because I was in silence the whole week and didn't really meet a lot of people. So I'm not quite <laughs> sure how the town. say it right. No, but the, the Redemptorist Fathers... Yeah, they have a, a lovely really retreat center there on the lake. Mm. And one of the things I didn't realize, um, not having a ton of familiarity with this religious order, uh, the Redemptorists, going back to St. Alphonsus Liguori, mm-hmm. have a very strong devotion to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. Oh, oh and I've, I've heard parishes around cities that are, uh, that's the patronage. Sure. Yeah. Well, And they have, um, you know, here in our diocese, we have several churches dedicated to Our Lady of Good Counsel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in their redemptorist tradition, Our Lady of Perpetual Help is a, uh, you know, is a very strong devotion. And they had a they had a lovely little uh, timber chapel mm. on the grounds, apart from the retreat center, that was kind of another little prayer space down by the lake. Um, so it was, it was a lovely area to pray. You know, good time with uh, good time with Jesus. Good times, yeah. good vibes. Yeah, it was good vibes. Um, no, the Lord kind of revealed some new things. Um, not, you know, not to do spiritual direction here, but you know, just some uh, some prayer images of Jesus on the cross mm. and some graces that were coming from his his sacred wounds. Mm. Uh, those were some new um, kind of 
insights to prayer that were coming up. Um, the Lord also was placing on my heart some people that really need intercessory prayer. Mm. Uh, I did not expect that. Mm. Um, but I was calling in every day to my spiritual director, uh, just doing spiritual direction throughout the retreat and you know bouncing things off of the director and getting insights from him. And so we were kind of just talking about, you know, all right, so if the Lord keeps bringing up in prayer some people who might need some intercession, uh, that's more than just trying to be a charitable towards them. You know, one right. has to actually become kind of a, a living vigil candle, a votive mm. candle of, of intercessory prayer and charity mm. for these people. Um, so those were, you know, I didn't, I didn't expect some of those um, prayer images or, uh, or insights to pop up, but they did. And that, that's kind of where the Lord and the Holy Spirit guided the retreat. Which, which I'm grateful for. It was good to get away. I, I had to tell you, I almost, I felt like sick on the whole retreat. And this oh, happens no. sometimes, you know, because I had just been, you know, the whole school year as a high school chaplain. Then we were out in Colorado with the Quest trip. And it was just it was go. It like your first time of actually yeah. calming down. It was just go, 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 go. And then I get on retreat and like day two, the body's like, oh, hmm. I don't I don't have to be in fifth gear all the time. I wouldn't have to go at 90 miles an hour wow. all the time. And I think, I think just the body released stress and just like crashed. <laughs> so it was, it was good just to enter into rest and, and uh, to have some alone space for prayer. So it's a good. good retreat. Good. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. What have you been up to? Went on, let's see, uh, been to some ordinations mm. and. Tis the season. Yeah, tis, it is, which is wonderful. Um, and then I went on a fun little trip with uh, Father Thomas Maddock. Who I think the newly about, ordained, the newly ordained. I think I mentioned him before when we were on the on the podcast together. Uh huh. We wanted to try to fit in a little trip just to hang out before he started his parish assignment. I think um, in July at some point. Sure. And then we wanted to go check out House of Hanson, this vestment store in Chicago. He wanted to look at some stuff. Right. So we we hit that up, and then it was just a fun place to go. It wasn't too far away. So we went to Chicago. Good. Uh, went to a Cubs game. They had back to back home runs in like the eighth inning, which was phenomenal that just looked so like the first crowd time, on fryer first time at wrigley field and like a chicago dog with like all the toppings on it and stuff sure. and then like a bunch of home runs it was it was wonderful they beat the cleveland indians which was good so to yeah. my friends from cleveland sorry about it but it was pretty fun I'm not even a cubs fan but it was it was a lot of fun yeah um but it, this is kind of fun we we've both been to chicago before and we we'd been to downtown and we'd seen some of the major things but we didn't really have a lot planned besides hitting up this vestment store going to the cubs game so we were kind of in the northwest part of the city, the old like Polish neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, so Th- Father Thomas had this architecture book written by uh, Dennis McNamara, who's at Benedictine, and he's oh, yeah. the Liturgy Guys podcast. Yeah, And it was just basically some of the best, most beautiful churches in Chicagoland. So we basically just tried to find the ones close to our Airbnb. We stayed in this apartment. We ended up going to all of the Polish churches. Nice. So St. Stanislaus, St. John Cantius with the canons there. That's sure. pretty popular as of late. Um, a St. Wenceslaus, St. <laughs> I think there's this one called St. It's Viator is the, how you say the name, but they say St. Viter. Okay. Um, so it's that one, but just these beautiful, beautiful churches. Um, and some of those churches, especially the big old, so St. Hyacinth, right. um, and St. Our Lady of the Angels, uh, St. Mary of the Angels or something, I think. Mm-hmm. Enormous uh, Baroque churches, which are just really, really beautiful. That was immediately followed up by uh, just a couple weeks, last week, I went to Omaha and St. Wenceslaus Parish in West Omaha, just built a brand new church, and I went to the dedication mass. So Father Taylor nice. has been on here before. It's a sign of that parish. That was my first church dedication. Mm. So having seen these really impressive churches in Chicago, followed by an ordination between and then this um, really beautiful church dedication, I've just been thinking a lot about 
churches, but especially from Archbishop Lucas's homily, um, a lot about the church mm. and how a lot of us don't have a great understanding of what the church is. Um, and as you know, in theology, we call it ecclesiology, the theology and the study, the understanding of the church. The ecclesia, the cult community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's, we, we've messed that up sometimes with, with English, but yeah, church coming from the German, which comes from the Greek of ecclesia, right. um, the gathered assembly, the people. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been thinking so much about while beautiful churches are good in themselves, what Archbishop Lucas, the whole point is that we dedicate this church and we give so much reverence to the altar, to the walls of the church, to the church itself. We fill it with incense because it represents us, the, the church, the body of Christ. And last few years with struggles in church, in the church, um, hierarchy issues, leadership, stuff like that, the church can just sound like the bishops or the hierarchy or the Vatican Curia or something right. like that. That's not true. Um, that's part of the church. But the church is all the baptized. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to riff on that a little bit. Well, let's talk Chicago. about it. Yeah. So what I was so impressed by the churches in Chicago and, and liturgical style has changed over the years. These are some like richly, richly ornamented buildings. Right. Um, but that walking into the church evokes something in you. Um, like something changes as you, you're you're immediately inspired by this dome that's filled with images of the saints. Um huge paintings, images, icons of the life of Christ, the life of Mary, the stations of the cross, you're just immediately brought into um, an experience of transcendence where you're, you're brought up out of walking on the streets and we're riding the L and stuff, which is a lot of fun, but mm-hmm. you're immediately brought from that experience of the city um, and the kind of hecticness of, of riding on trains and avoiding cars and stuff like that um, to now you're in this church, and it really is this this idea of the house of God and the gate of heaven that's sometimes written on the front of churches. Right. Um, but then to to watch, so to experience that, but this church has sat there for over a hundred years. Then to see a brand new church be consecrated, um, and to experience a few of the different rituals that accompany a dedication mass, and to realize that, or or being invited to experience that transcendence of a church for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so if nobody's been to a church dedication, it's not a church when you walk in. It's just a building. Right. So it, you actually start outside, and there's this great kind of ritual of handing over the keys um, to the pastor, to the bishop, uh, to open the church for the first time. But then processing in is so odd because there's nothing to reverence. There's, mm-hmm. there's The tabernacle has nothing in it, and the altar is not an altar. It's just a table. Right. Um, but then I think the most kind of shocking rituals are probably the consecration of the church itself and the altar. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the beginning, the bishop goes around and kind of like the penitential rite at mass, sprinkles everybody <coughs> and the church walls with holy water, which this is a huge church in West Omaha, so it took a long time. Gallons um, were used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was pretty, <laughs> he was pretty uh, subtle with his use of the, of the holy water, okay. but just to make his way all the way around. Sure. Um, and then there's a, a daily mass chapel outside of the main space. Okay. So then they just disappeared for a while. And then everybody was just kind of staring, like, where did they go? Where did the bishop go? And then he popped out somewhere else. But, okay. <laughs> um, but then when it's time to consecrate the altar, it's enormous. It's like 11 feet long and 5 feet wide, this altar of St. Wenceslas. It's a big altar. Huge piece of uh, granite on top, I think. And it's, it's, um, it's anointed with chrism right. all over. So chrism, what we're anointed with right after we're baptized, we're anointed with at our confirmation what priests are anointed with on the palms of their hands. Mm-hmm. Bishops are anointed with chrism again, right? 
They are on the crown of their heads. On their heads, right. Mm-hmm. So, like baptism. Flowing down on the collars of their robes, as uh, the Psalms say. Over their beards. That's right. Which not a lot of <laughs> Roman Catholic bishops have. Um, but then, I think the most shocking experience is this huge um, brazier, or huge, like, incense burning bowl thing that's never used any other time in the church's liturgical year except church dedications is placed on top of the newly anointed altar mm. and then incense tons of incense burn so archbishop lucas did a little one two scoop and then just dumped the entire boat of incense <laughs> on like these 16 coals never this 16 coals 16 coals and Mama apparently mia. apparently this guy who was helping the kind of orchestrate the whole thing he practiced at his apartment the night before or at his house outside uh, and it burned burned the neighborhood down or what it's 30 minutes long incense (laughs) okay burning um but it's it it evoked the same experience i have when you go to a catholic funeral we give so much reverence to the body at a funeral Mm -hmm. um, with all the symbolism of the paul and with the incense and stuff like that well there's so much reverence almost over the top kind of ritual given to the, the institution of this church building as a place of worship of God. But what Archbishop Lucas said in the homily was that, one, it's to represent who we are as the church, but that once you've come into this church and the beauty of this church and the encounter with God through the sacraments, through the preaching of the word, through the Eucharist, that you might be changed. He said that this church is being changed right now from just a building to a church, but that as you leave, people would see you and know that these people who go to St. Wenceslas, they're Christians mm-hmm. and they're different. Um, and that has just brought up about consideration of what it means to be the church. Right. Um, churches are not just these places we happen to go to because our grandparents were Catholic, so then we have to go to this church or not. Um, and the more and more that I've seen, especially Christianity here in the Midwest, dissipate into kind of like just a lot of evangelical Protestantism that looks a lot of the same. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of focus on really good preaching, a lot of focus on worship through praise music. But architecture has been really i mean there's uh, neglected yeah yeah there's just yeah. not a you know there's not a church involved there um but our church architecture which is is a beautiful history and a beautiful tradition is founded in um the understanding of who we are as the church mm-hmm. and we're the body of christ that's the the mystical body of christ mm-hmm. who and we became we become more of who we are as the body of christ when we come together in a church to celebrate mass mm-hmm just to give our listeners like a little point of reference when we do a funeral and like you're incensing a, a, a casket or even just if it's a high sunday mass and we're incensing the altar mm-hmm. or for solemnity or for something just to give them a point of reference most priests would probably use like one charcoal then you know yeah, like right. for the for the uh, one coal in the thurible the incenser for to to you know, uh, at a funeral or perhaps to incense the uh, the book of the Gospels uh, prior to the proclamation of the Gospels. So just to give our our, le- our readers a, a, a point of reference, you know, if you feel like you're, you know, you can't breathe because some <laughs> people just hate incense with one charcoal, they, they use 16 charcoals, you said. Yeah. I mean, that's an enormous amount of burning power yeah. for this brazier, right. you know, which is pretty impressive. Um, well, And you talked about, you know, how the elements of a funeral. Mm-hmm. You know, there is there is a, a current in our liturgical theology to see the altar as as a coffin, right? Yeah, and as Jesus himself. Right, right. right. Um, you know, even just the, the rectangular shape of most, not all, but most altars, the rectangular shape 
you know, watching mm-hmm. a priest walk around it and incense it, it evokes the similar image of walking around a casket at a right. funeral and incensing it, you know, as a sign of reverence. Um, but then, of course, we, we reverence the altar even as a focal point for Christ himself right. once the liturgy gets underway. Um, so it's, it's beautiful, if, as you say to our readers or to our listeners, if you've never had a, a chance to go to uh, the consecration of a new church, it's really beautiful. Right. You know, and, and there's, there's a liturgical um, and theological significance in even how our breveries and how the Roman Missal is laid right. out. You know, if you go to, most people wouldn't understand this, but if you go to the back section of the breviary to pray the Liturgy of the Hours, or even to the commons, um, the commons of, um, just like the Apostles commons of the seasons. Of the, of the Virgin Mary, right? Yeah, the, 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 the commons of martyrs, the commons yeah. of virgins, whatever. At the back of these liturgical books, the, the commons for the dedication of a church actually comes first. Right, right? it's, it's com- dedication of the church, Mary Apostles. So when right. you think of like the sort of importance in the life of grace in the history of the church, there's a ton of, uh, importance put on that right mm. yeah you know obviously with all of our feast days knowing the great great honor that the lord himself gave to his own mother and calling her to be the immaculate conception and knowing that the church is founded on the on the the bedrock of the faith of the 12 apostles representing the new tribes of israel right even before that the church is going to make a statement and say the comment of the dedication of church actually ranks prior to that mm-hmm. in the way the liturgical books are are presented, knowing that this consecrated space uh, becomes, you know, juridically a person, right? You know, with rights in canon law, and it has a space that has to be protected. I think this is why it's so painful, you know, for people when mm-hmm. a church is is closed, right? And we've certainly experienced that here in our own diocese and throughout the Midwest, right? Um, that these are consecrated temples of the Lord. You know, this is not just a backyard barn, right? You know, uh, it's a consecrated it's a consecrated space where the presence of God has been welcomed in, right? And is encountered. But to say, and I'm grateful that you mentioned that because, like, my own home parish closed. But what can what can help? I think that transition and help us actually receive the sacramental kind of symbolism that's present in these churches is to realize who we are as the church. Right. Because so often my church closed. Therefore my, my identity as a Catholic has now just dis- it's disappeared. It's gone. Um, two models that I think are really helpful for me to understand the church has been one really popular right before the second Vatican council that kind of led into it was the mystical body of Christ, mm-hmm. that the church is the mystical body of Christ. We're not the the physical body of Christ, right? I mean, Jesus's body is present in heaven and then on altars and in tabernacles through the sacrament of the Eucharist. But we're this mystical body of Christ. And Jesus himself says that, um, that he's the head and we're the members of the body. And as we're incorporated, made into the body through our baptism into Jesus, we're configured to Jesus and we become his presence in the world. That's that's not just a kind of a cute idea that um, we're Jesus's hands and feet Right. It's not a cute idea for a club name. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> there's we, a there's a sacred reality going on right, here. <laughs> right. And then the beauty is when you talk about what it means to be the church, the more we celebrate the Eucharist and receive the body and blood of Jesus, the more we become who we are, the body of Christ. But also another popular image or model of the church um, that became really popular through the Second Vatican Council is the people of God that the church is the fulfillment of the people of Israel. 
what I love about that and what I felt coming into this new space of St. Wenceslaus and especially these other churches where I visit in Chicago is that like the people of God, like the people of Israel rather, the the, the church, we're on, a, we're on a mission, we're on a journey. And like the people of Israel who were journeying through the desert, who would eventually come to Jerusalem, who would eventually establish the temple, there's this, there's this movement, there's this progression. And likewise, we're on this journey as the popular 90s hymn goes, companions on a journey. We are companions on a journey. <laughs> so, but I realized, like, as we all, so it's beautiful because everybody starts outside of the church and they have this nice courtyard, um, almost like a little piazza in front of St. Wenceslas. Everybody fills the church. Um, and often the, the section of a church with pews is called the nave, like a ship, mm-hmm. like the navy, because we're all moving in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. We're moving and we're moving toward heaven. We're progressing through this world and we're moving together as this people of God, with God in our midst, um, with us in the sacraments and with us through the Holy Spirit. Um, so I just, my hope, and I, don't, I know I didn't grow up with this, I don't think I knew when I'd walk into a church that it was supposed to sort of remind me of who I am. Right. Um, oh, that's a, that's, that's a big crucifix or, okay, that, that's Station of the Cross. Um, but to allow your church um, in whatever style it's been built, whatever architectural elements are present, to inspire you as you as you see it, as you pray in it, as you go to mass in it, that we are the body of Christ, mm-hmm. and the more we come together at the church, not just on live stream masses, like the more we actually come together as the body of Christ, the more we become Jesus's presence in the world. That's beautiful. You know, you earlier on you had mentioned that above the the front door, you know, there's often the phrase, you know, you're entering the the portal of heaven, right? Yeah, I. I, I if I'm not mistaken, I think I just briefly glanced at it at the new church in Fort Dodge, Iowa, Holy Trinity. Yes. I think they have that same phrase written in Latin over their new doorway. Yes. So maybe just as a little uh, shout out to the Fort Dodge people, but also to all of our listeners, as you enter these consecrated temples, remind yourselves, I'm entering into a portal of sacred space where the realities of heaven become present. And then as you say, we go forth from there transformed as a people with a new identity because of the sacred space that is forming us. Right. Good discussions. I'm, I'm glad your uh, trip to Chicago went so well. And, uh, it was good. Yeah. Look forward to diving into some more of these topics. I'm sure the people of Lamar's here are going to be having some ecclesiology-rich homilies coming together in the next few weeks. It's fresh on the mind, I right? I so. That'll be wonderful. Everybody, yeah. thanks for joining us. And go, go to church and be the church. See ya. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.